Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Three, two, one. But I'm working out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer. Jim Calhoun, NASCAR icon Dale. Welcome in, everybody. Episode Kirk 7 is on the phone. 36 of the podcast. And it's the America. The Air Sports Podcast yeah. presented oh, by the Air Sports Book. It is Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. I hope everybody is ready for how about this? I think we have our first all football, no basketball episode of the Aaron Torres pod since frankly, probably like February. It's been a while, but we got a lot to talk about. Here's what you need to know about today's show. We open SEC media days in total. As I record here late Tuesday night, seven coaches have spoken. Now we're not going to get on all seven. But Jimbo Fisher said some very interesting things. Kirby Smart said some very interesting things. Brian Kelly, we will address what those guys talked about. From there, we'll take a quick break. We will talk about uh, some interesting comments actually from SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. He was asked about realignment, about expansion. The SEC is going to 16 next year. Are there more moves on the horizon? He gave a very interesting answer. Uh, And I think some people are kind of questioning, should we believe Greg Sankey? I'll share my thoughts. Speaking of expansion, a quick update on the Pac-12. Another spin zone out of the Pac-12. They're trying to make it sound all hunky-dory. I'm not sure that it is. And then finally, we'll wrap. Our guy, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. Another coach calls out Coach Prime. I tell you why I'm kind of over these coaches calling out Deion. Really quick before we get started, speaking of college football, um, it is worth noting that in addition to the the Aaron Torres pod here, we also do a separate podcast called the College Football Betting Show with Aaron Torres, available wherever you listen to podcasts, but also on YouTube as well. And we have recently relaunched that podcast for the start of college football season. We've done a SEC East preview, hitting on over-under win totals for all seven teams, Florida, Kentucky, Georgia, Tennessee, etc., and then we also just dropped the SEC West over under win total, talking AM, talking Alabama, Ole Miss, Arkansas, LSU, et cetera. And so if you're not subscribed, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify. Uh, also, the YouTube channel, we are ramping it up, starting from scratch. If you watch here on YouTube or if you listen on YouTube, do your boy a favor. Go over there, search College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. It's actually on my main YouTube channel. 
Go ahead and subscribe there as well. A lot of college football coming on that page. With that said, though, let's not waste any more time and let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, it goes without saying, SEC media days have begun in Nashville. And I've told you guys and girls several times, my stance on media days uh, was pseudo anti-media days for a long time. Kind of was like, eh, we don't really get that many interesting storylines out of there. What's the big deal? But I've come to accept that, listen, this is the unofficial launch of college football. Football is basically here. The Jets report to training camp in the NFL today. So you just talk about how quickly football is coming. It's here. Well, as I record, two days of SEC media days are complete. And what I want to do now, I do think there's been two or three semi-interesting things that have come out of SEC media days. Uh, Seven coaches in total have spoken. We won't address all of them, but the seven were Brian Kelly, LSU, Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M, Eli Drinkwitz, Missouri, and then Kirby Smart, Georgia, Hugh Freeze at Auburn, uh, who else? Clark Lee, uh, Vanderbilt, and of course, Zach Arnett, the new head coach at Mississippi State, obviously tragically replacing uh, Mike Leach, and that was a lot of what he talked about today. In terms of the storylines that are worth discussing, let's get to the first one. And I would argue the biggest story that has come out of SEC Media Days so far right now through two days has been some very interesting comments from Jimbo Fisher, the head coach at Texas A&M, about his new offensive coordinator, Bobby Petrino. And if you listen to this show, or if you love college football, it goes without saying, everybody knows what the story at AM was a year ago. Disappointing team, started in the top 10, finished 5-7. and seven. We talked about them on Monday's show. And while I think they, they will be improved, the bottom line is the offense not only has to be better, but things have to change. Jimbo Fisher was the primary play caller, And the big storyline in Aggieland this offseason was they got to hire somebody else. So they go out, they hire Bobby Petrino, but then the question immediately becomes, can they coexist? Jimbo Fisher's been doing it his way forever. Can he give up those reins? Bobby Petrino's been doing it his way forever. Probably hasn't worked under somebody in a very, very, very long time. Has maybe never worked anybody under anybody as stubborn as Jimbo Fisher. So can it possibly work? And I bring it up because there were some questions and some comments that were made by Jimbo Fisher that blew up the internet on Monday. But I'm also here to tell you, if you actually read all of his quotes, not nearly as controversial as you think. So what did Jimbo Fisher say? Jimbo Fisher asked about his relationship with Bobby Petrino. Here is what he had to say. Well, actually, I take that back. He was asked about if Jimbo Fisher or Bobby Petrino would be calling plays. Jimbo Fisher, I'm not going to get into that. Bobby was hired for a reason. Tremendous guy, tremendous football mind. Hopefully he'll come in, call the game and have some suggestions. So when everyone saw that quote on social media, social media went bananas on Monday. Oh my goodness. Why will Jimbo Fisher not commit to giving the reins to Bobby Petrino? Why will he not say it? Oh, by the way, He has suggestions. What does that mean? Does that mean that Bobby Petrino is going to have suggestions, but Jimbo Fisher is going to have final say? What does it mean? The internet was going absolutely crazy. And on the one hand, I will say, I understand why in a pseudo make or break year, like forget what the outside thinks. Like if you're Jimbo Fisher, it probably would do you some good to just say like, listen, uh, whatever. 
I understand if Aggie fans are frustrated. Uh, Andrew, who runs our Torres on Texas A&M page, was even like, dude, Jimbo, just say it. Bobby's calling plays. But at the same time, what I'll also say is this. I saw a lot of people in the media like making a huge deal out of this and what does it mean and all that good stuff. If you actually read the quotes from Jimbo Fisher, the whole context behind it, this isn't nearly as controversial as people make it out to be. So here's what Jimbo Fisher's full quotes were about Bobby Petrino. He said, we get along as well or better than anybody I've coached with. We communicate well. We share ideas. Not afraid to challenge each other anything to get where we want to be on offense. He'll make us better and knows that I'm still going to be in the offensive room some, but I'm also going to be in the defensive room some too. But then he continued. I thought this was interesting. Every head coach does, Jimbo Fisher said, basically take advice or opinion from other people. He said, let me ask you this. Does Nick Saban call the defense in Alabama? No, but he's involved. Any head coach is. That's what the head coach does. In situations, they make decisions. Are we going for it? Are we not going for it? Is this time to take a shot? I mean, every coach does it. And so when you take it in that context, all of a sudden, what Jimbo Fisher said is accurate. Like the idea that the head coach is going to go from have being hands-on calling everything to doing nothing, it doesn't make sense. Yes, Jimbo Fisher might not be the primary play caller. But it doesn't mean he won't have a hand. It doesn't mean he won't help. It doesn't mean that he won't have suggestions. It doesn't mean that Bobby Petrino won't have suggestions that Jimbo Fisher shoots down over the course of a week. By the way, as Jimbo Fisher said, you think Nick Saban doesn't have say in what the defensive game plan is for Alabama? You think um, other guys, you know, Jim Harbaugh doesn't call plays? You think he doesn't have any say in what the offensive game plan is? Give me a break. Beyond that, it was interesting to listen to other players, to players on the team at Texas A&M talk about the role that Bobby Petrino had. So Anaya Smith, who's a returning wide receiver, talked about the first day that Bobby Petrino came in as the offensive coordinator. Basically, what happened was this. Jimbo Fisher came in, introduced him to the offensive meeting room, and then Jimbo Fisher left. And I thought Anaya Smith gave a very interesting commentary on what the role of Bobby Petrino is. He said, it's sort of like that your parent that tries to teach you to do it right, and then you turn around and play sports, and your coach is like the father figure, and your father steps away and lets the coach do his job. They have worked well together on the field and off the field and brought family into the picture. Now, listen, I can't speak to the family stuff, whatever. But I like that analogy from Anaya Smith is like, you know, we want to make it into this big thing. And by the way, if A&M, if, if you see these two screaming at each other on the sidelines, yeah, maybe it'll feel differently. If Bobby Petrino resigns after game three because he can't do anything, yeah, we'll feel differently. If um they keep scoring 18 points per game, then we'll feel differently. But what I always say, the show is tonight and we have to react to the information that we have tonight. And I think they're going to be okay. The talent is there. They're going to be healthy, unlike last year. And I do think like Jimbo Fisher, there's the balance between, hey, he's not completely handing over everything and stepping away, but he's also letting Bobby Petrino do his job. So this became the biggest storyline out of day one of SEC Media Days. But it was funny. If you read the whole quote, it felt blown way out of proportion. And I would really quickly add this. I mean, let's even take a step back here, right? Let's pretend... Me, you, whomever. 
knows nothing and knows nothing and has no relationship with anyone at Texas a and My thought on this is pretty simple. Is like on top of all the stuff that Jimbo said, I'm going to be involved, but I'm not making final decisions. Here's my other thought. Would Bobby Petrino have taken this job if he didn't have final say? Because I, I look at it and it's like everybody, again, wants to make it into this thing. And I get it. But Bobby Petrino is like 55, 60 years old, something like that. Been a head coach in the SEC, been a head coach in the NFL. You think he's coming to work for Jimbo Fisher if he doesn't have final say? So I know it's a big thing. I know it's fun to make fun of. I wouldn't be as worried about it as anybody else, but we'll see, right? Texas A&M, a pretty manageable schedule early. They do play at Miami very early. They do get Arkansas and Dallas and Alabama before the middle of September at home. So we are going to find out very, very, very quickly if these two can make it work. Really quickly, a couple other things that stood out from the first couple days of SEC Media Days. I thought this was a pseudo-interesting quote from Brian Kelly about the status of his team as it pertains to everybody else. So LSU, again, we talked on Monday's show. Some people think that they are now the favorites in the SEC West. This is a team that maybe they should be the favorite, by the way. They won the SEC West last year. They bring back the most established quarterback in the SEC, Jaden Daniels, threw for, I think, right under 3,000 yards, about 500, 600 yards rushing, was LSU's leading rusher last year. A lot of skill position talent returns. Malik Neighbors, elite, elite 1,000-yard receiver. Mason Taylor, elite, elite uh, tight end, son of Jason Taylor. And then the defense is filthy. Harold Perkins, Mason Smith, uh, Omar Spates at linebacker, Denver Harrison, AM transfer at cornerback. So the, so the defense is really, really, really good. And so I think there's a lot of people that are sitting there saying, okay, this is it. LSU, they're stepping up. They're ready to compete at the highest level. And as I told you on Monday's show, I'm not totally sold that I believe that. I think they're good. I think they're certainly improved under Brian Kelly. I do worry about two things. One, the schedule, which we talked about. Four of the first six are away from Baton Rouge. The other thing is I just worry about depth. I worry about the sheer number of bodies that they have. And Brian Kelly kind of addressed it in media days. He was asked about kind of how he thinks they match up with Georgia. And he gave a pretty simple, straightforward answer. He said, I know based upon how we've recruited and how we continue to recruit, we will have a roster that can compete against Georgia. Is that now? No. But if we continue to recruit like we have, we will. Simple quote, three sentences, doesn't feel like a big deal. I think it speaks volumes. Because what Brian Kelly said is, all you guys in the media, all you girls in the media, you're trying to make this into something that it's not. We are on the way. We're really good. We won the SEC West last year, and we're excited to continue to build this program going forward. But we also saw in that SEC championship game, the gap between Georgia and Al- or Georgia and LSU was huge. It was huge. Georgia dominated, but guess what? Georgia dominated pretty much everybody except for Ohio State last year in the playoff. And so what Brian Kelly's saying is like, we're on the way. We're on the path. But you guys that are ready to put us, anoint us that we're Georgia, that we're there, we're not yet, but we're going to be. And this is exactly what I talked about on Monday's show. Talent on the front line. Talent in the front 22. Aaron Murray, Georgia former Georgia player, now analyst. Oh, by the way, friend of the Aaron Torres pod was on with me in January. He said it. 
He said, I think LSU has the best 22 starting 22 in college football, or at least in the SEC. He didn't say they're the best 85. And when I look at LSU, it goes back to all of this conversation and the fact that, as Brian Kelly said, if we continue to recruit the way we are, we'll be in good shape. They're not there yet, though. You know how I know? Took like 20, I think they took 16, 18 guys in the transfer portal this offseason. Georgia took two. Alabama took like six or seven, and a couple of them were late because they lost a few guys that they weren't expecting to lose. And so when I look at LSU, the fact that they took, uh, the fact that this year in the transfer portal, they took, I think, again, 15, 16, 17, whatever it was, and 20-something a year ago, what it says is Ed Orgeron missed on some guys late. Um, It says that there's been some problems, guys have been kicked off, all that good stuff. And they're not where they need to be yet. Now, is this team potentially good enough to win the West? We'll see what happens. What's Alabama's quarterback situation? Do they get that figured out? We'll discuss, we've will discussed that and we'll continue to discuss that. Did think it was interesting, though, that uh, Brian Kelly acknowledged, hey, we got a long way to go with Georgia. Finally, be remiss if we didn't talk about Kirby Smart. And Kirby Smart uh, addressed a few things. Um, one, a couple funny quotes. He, he, did, he was asked about the schedule. Georgia is deemed to have the easiest schedule in the SEC. Um, obviously, they play in the East, but they get Kentucky at home. Their cross-division games are at Auburn and Ole Miss at home, or uh, excuse me, uh, Auburn at home and at Ole Miss. And so they're deemed to have the easiest schedule in the SEC. Kirby Smart says, uh, yeah, why don't you guys play it before you say that it's so easy? So that's one. But two, obviously, look, the elephant in the room obviously has to be addressed is the situation with everything going on off the field. Now, in terms of some of the arrests, the AJC, you know, uh, Georgia wants a uh, retraction from the AJC. Um, and so you have that element of it, but but the driving stuff is real. And we've talked about all this, and this isn't, to be clear, if you're a Georgia fan, whatever, this is not the moment where I'm just going to tear apart Georgia and they're the worst thing ever and Kirby Smart this and whatever. But Kirby Smart did address it. Here's what he said. I'm disappointed anytime we have traffic incidents. It's very evident when you look at it. We've had traffic citations and incidents through the history of being at the University of Georgia. And we actually don't have more now than we've had in the past. So what concerns me most is the safety of our players. When you drive at high speeds, it's unsafe. And we don't want that to happen. Now, listen, like I said, I promised this is not tear Kirby Smart apart because I've talked about Kirby Smart and Georgia all offseason. I do think that's kind of a little bit weak, though. I think it's kind of a little bit weak, and here's why. When you drive high speeds, it's unsafe. My concern is with our players. Yes, I, and by the way, I do believe that Kirby Smart cares about his players. At the same time, though, at the same time, though, what concerns me about that quote, it's not just your players who are at, 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 at risk. It's the citizens. It's the people of the community. It's the people of Georgia. It's the people of Athens. That's what concerns me. And don't tell me it's all about safety. You lost two people from within your program to a essentially a drunk driving speeding accident in January. Chandler LaCroix, the girl who worked for your program, who, by the way, the blood alcohol uh, test indicated that she was drinking. And then Devin Willock, the, the, the offensive guard who passed away in that crash. So it's not just about safety. You've lost people. And oh, by the way, it is also about safety of others. Beyond that, and I've talked about this, 
is that part of it too is, are you punishing guys enough? And I get, I understand that there are things that go on behind the scenes that we don't know about. I'm sure guys are showing up early and having to run stairs and sprints in the dark at 5 a.m. I don't doubt that. But as I said, go back. Kenny McIntosh got in a car crash so severe, the other car's wheels literally popped off the car. That guy did not miss a single game last season. Uh, you know, you go on and on down the list. Several other guys have been arrested this offseason. Doesn't feel as though there is any punishment for them. Guys currently on the team, maybe some of them get suspended early in the year. I don't know. I just bring it up to say, yes, I do believe Kirby Smart cares about his players. I do believe he he wants what's best. But I the whole, uh, we don't have more now than we have in the previous few years. Yeah, because you had too many in the previous few years. And oh, by the way, if you want it to stop, increase the punishment. I truly believe it. One cool note, Kirby Smart did talk a lot about complacency within that program. Used a very very cool quote. Um, It was from the New Zealand All Blacks. The New Zealand All Blacks are the uh, rugby team that uh, obviously have a ton of success. And he said their motto is better never rests. And that is their motto for 2023. We'll see if Georgia can keep it up as they go. As I said on Monday show, Going for back-to-back-to-back national championships. First one since Tom Amansky, but really the first one since Minnesota football in the 1930s. All right, that's what we're going to do. Take a quick break. That was your SEC Media Days first two days recap. We'll see if Nick Saban, if if Billy Napier, if any of these guys say anything interesting over the next couple days. But what I want to do now is take a quick break. And when I come back, I actually thought Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, had some very interesting things to say about realignment, expansion of the SEC potentially. Take a quick break, discuss Sankey's comments. That's next. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. By now, you know Betfred's story started in 1967 in the UK, over a thousand shops in the UK, and they have now come to the United States and made a major splash. They are the presenting sponsor of not only all things Aaron Torres Media, but the Colorado Rockies, the Denver Broncos, the Cincinnati Bengals. And what I love about Betfred, nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred does. I've been telling you that for a year. We have sent listeners of the Aaron Torres pod to Denver Broncos VIP tailgates. The Betfred suite at Cincinnati Bengals games is rocking. Betfred betters have thrown out first pitch at the Colorado Rockies games. Nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred, and here is what they are doing for you right now. How about this? Bet $50 on any game. Get up to $1,111 in free bets. Here's how it works. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app. Bet $50 on anything you want to bet on you automatically get $111 in free bets. But beyond that, you get up to $200 in insurance for your first five weeks as a Betfred customer, totaling $1,111 in free bets. I've told you for a year, nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. They're the only book that I bet with, and I want to thank Betfred for being our presenting sponsor. Step into the world of power loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey! I'm back. Gonna be back, gonna be back. Do want to switch gears. And so let's be blunt here. There's been a topic here that I've talked about a lot on the Aaron Torres pod over the last couple months. That topic is college sports realignment and expansion. And I know at this point, it's kind of like Torres, dude, have we not talked about this enough? But I do for a couple of things. One, I'm going to stop talking about it as we get closer to actual games being played, because then we're going to have real things to talk about. But right now, it's still a little bit of a quiet time. But I also keep talking about it because one, it's what you guys want to hear. And two, it really does reflect on the future of college sports everybody's kind of got their eye on what everybody else is doing. We're obviously keeping an eye on what's going on with the Pac-12. Are they going to survive? The ACC is on thin ice, although their TV contract is a little bit longer, which buys them a little bit more runway. The Big 12, are they going to expand? The SEC, by the way, are they going to expand? The Big 10, are they going to expand? These are constant conversations. And so when there's relevant things that happen, I do want to discuss it here on this show because it is the future of college sports. And so I bring it up because this week I thought we got not one, but two very interesting realignment conversations that happened and two very interesting realignment pieces of news that happened as well. Let's get to the first one, and it comes from the mighty SEC. That's right, obviously, on top of all of the coaches in the SEC speaking at SEC Media Days this week, also Commissioner Greg Sankey spoke as well. One of the things he was asked about was expansion. And I do think there's this belief that SEC, the SEC and SEC football, it's kind of just like the old uh, British Empire. Remember the British Empire you learned about in history class? They used to say the sun never sets on the British Empire. In other words, like anywhere that the sun is shining, it is shining down on something owned by the British. And I think that's how we think of SEC football and SEC conference expansion is like if they want something, they're just going to go take it. And there's nothing the other the other teams, the other schools can do about it because that's what they did with Texas A&M and Missouri a decade ago. And it's obviously what they did with Texas and Oklahoma just a few short years ago. At the same time, though, Greg Sankey was asked about expansion 
And he actually gave a very interesting answer that I think caught a lot of people off guard. And I'll be blunt. I think a lot of people just think he's full of nonsense. But as I dug into it and I thought about it, I don't think he's lying at all. But let's start with Greg Sankey's quote about expansion. He's got a couple quips in here, too. Let's see if you catch him. He starts by saying expansion has not been a topic in the Southeastern Conference other than providing updates. So we're very attentive to what's happening around us, whether those are from all of your fine investigative writings or maybe opinions, and then focusing our growth to 16 because it's enormous task because it's an enormous task. He continued, do I think it's done? People will say that I get to decide that, but right now it appears others are going to decide that before we have to make any decisions. My view is that we know who we are right now. We're comfortable as a league at 16. We're focused on our growth to 16. We've restored rivalries. We're geographically contiguous with the right kind of philosophical alignment, and we can stay at that level of super conference. So a couple of things. Greg Sankey's Greg Sankey, if you listen to what he says, he's actually kind of a funny guy. So first of all, he pokes at the media that is available in Nashville this week. He kind of says, yeah, we're just kind of following it based on what all you smart journalists are writing about. Then I also love the fact that he kind of essentially refers to himself in the third person. People say, I will get to decide that. Right now, it appears as others are going to get to decide it as well. He continues. He used a little legalese at the end. But he also said, hey, we're happy at 16. We're a super conference. But the part of that that I want to focus on, because I think it is actually very important, is the part that I just referenced a minute ago. When he said, do I think it's done? People will say I get to decide. Right now, it appears others are going to decide that before we have to make any decisions. And so when a lot of people saw that on Monday afternoon, I think the reaction was immediately, oh, Sankey's full of you know what? He's filibustering. He's making stuff up. Everybody knows that if he wants somebody, he's going to go get him. Well, I actually think, listen, I think all of these administrators at the college level are pseudo politicians. I think you got to be careful listening to too much of what any of them say. But I do think in this specific case, I don't think he's lying. And I do think that right now he really has no say. in if the SEC is going to expand, it comes down to other people. What do I mean by that? Well, I think at this point, listen, the SEC, as he said, it's a super conference. I would argue outside of a couple brands, you know, USC, Ohio State, Michigan, whatever. Most of the biggest brands right now in college sports are in the SEC. And so I think he's obviously happy at 16. As he mentioned, all of the states are contiguous, meaning touching each other. And so I don't think he's in a rush to expand for the sake of expansion. And right now, I believe that there's only two scenarios in which he'll expand. And to be blunt, he, as he said, doesn't have control in either one. The first one, the SEC will expand if Notre Dame becomes available. And to be blunt, I don't think Notre Dame is going to become available. And I know there's a lot of SEC fans that want to make fun of Notre Dame and they can't compete here and they can't do this and they can't do that. Notre Dame is a cash cow monster. And whether it's the Big Ten, whether it's the SEC, whether it's somebody else, if Notre Dame says, we want to come to your conference They're rolling out the red carpet, and that includes the SEC. Now, I don't think that's going to happen for, obviously, a number of different reasons. Notre Dame has been independent in football forever. I think if they have their druthers, they will continue to remain independent. But it is kind of worth monitoring because, again, we talked about it last summer. Notre Dame now is in the middle of a TV negotiation with NBC. Keep in mind, SEC schools and Big Ten schools, 
are essentially going to be getting paid like 75, 80 million dollars a year when their TV money, TV contracts really kind of hit full swing. And so for Notre Dame, they have to make sure that with their next TV deal, if it is with NBC, that they don't fall too far behind in money. Now, I do think there's a scenario where they take a little bit less to stay independent, but it's got to be less while still being competitive. And that is where it'll get interesting. Right now, I believe the intention is to stay with NBC. Their TV contract runs out, not this coming year, but the following one. So the fall of 2025. And so I only bring it up because I I do think NBC uh, Notre Dame wants to stay with NBC. And I do think they're going to stay with NBC. Did you see who the new Notre Dame AD is going to be when their current AD, Jack Swarbrick, retires? Guy named Chris Bevilacqua. You know where he's coming from? NBC Sports. Literally, they're hiring a guy from NBC while in the middle of a TV negotiation with NBC. By the way, shout out to Chris Bevilacqua. Talk about burning it on both ends of the candle. Guys, burning it on both ends of the candle. But I bring it up to say, yes, if Notre Dame becomes available, I think the SEC is absolutely interested. I'm just not sold that they're going to become available. The other, and, and oh, by the way, as Greg Sankey said, that's kind of out of our control. The other scenario where Greg Sankey and the SEC, I believe, would expand is if the ACC breaks up. And I don't think that's a big surprise. What I do think is surprising, though, my hunch is that the schools the SEC is actually interested in may not be the schools that everybody thinks they are. First glance, I think most people would think if the ACC breaks up, the SEC is going to gobble up those two big major state school football powers, Clemson and Florida State. It's interesting, right? Because the SEC has won 14 of the last 18 national championships in college football. Of the four that they haven't won, three have been won by either Clemson or Florida State. The only other one, Ohio State. That is incredible and that is insane. And so I only bring it up to very simply say, my hunch is that most people believe that those would be the two candidates to join the SEC. I actually think it's not them. I actually think that North Carolina and Virginia two massive state schools, two great academic schools, and two schools in states where the SEC currently isn't in, I think they would become priority for the SEC, again, if they become available. Now, granted, those two schools would become priorities for the Big Ten as well. Now, do I think the SEC would also take Clemson and Florida State? Yeah, probably do. I don't think they're going to 18. They'd probably go to 20, but I think they'd want North Carolina and Virginia in a perfect world. But again, as Greg Sankey said, What does it come down to? It's kind of out of our control. It sounds crazy. It sounds dumb. It sounds like Greg Sankey's trying to put wool over our eyes. That's not the case at all. Remember, as of right now, the ACC's TV contract runs through 2036. 2036, okay? So the Pac-12 doesn't have a TV deal beyond a year from now, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But the flip side is the SEC or the ACC They are stuck in their current TV deal until 2036. Now, it's interesting because everybody I talk to in the realignment space, everybody knows that the ACC is trying, the the, the big schools in the ACC, the Florida States, the Clemsons, the North Carolinas, are trying to get out of that TV deal. And I keep hearing from people in those circles, in those realignment circles, oh, they're getting close. They're getting close. And it's not to criticize any of my people that I talk to, nothing like that. But at the same time, here's my thing. I've been saying on this show 
since the day Texas and Oklahoma announced they were trying to leave or they were going to leave for the SEC, that there were several schools in the ACC trying to get out of their TV deals. Problem is that contract's pretty airtight. Remember, the reason that that contract was written the way that it was was to make sure that everybody stayed in that conference for the duration of the TV deal. It was to protect the 14 schools in that league outside of Notre Dame, who is the 15th school that plays football or plays all sports other than football, excuse me. And so I keep hearing from all these real life, oh, the ACC is close and this school is going to break off and that school is going to break off. It's like they've been trying for two years. And beyond that, the whole contract was written in a way to make sure that nobody could break the contract if they wanted to. So I will believe that the ACC is going to break up when I actually see it. Not saying it can't happen, not saying it won't happen, and not saying it won't even happen soon. But I just don't buy that it's that easy to get out of that TV deal. If that were to happen, the SEC would expand. But I'll tell you this, Greg Sankey, in this particular case, I don't think that he's lying. I don't think that he's lying when he says, like, look, we're, we're, we're chilling right now. Now, if something gets thrown on our table... We're certainly going to listen, but my hunch is that right now, Greg Sankey and the SEC are staying at 16 until something big happens with either Notre Dame or more realistically, the ACC. Very quickly, do you want to get to another realignment story? It is the story and the conference that just won't die. They're not really alive, but they're not quite dead yet. It's the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is basically like that, that fly that flew into the wall and landed on the ground. And it's like dragging itself across the floor in your, uh, on your porch in the middle of the summer. And it's not quite dead. And you kind of wish somebody would just step on it. That's the PAC 12 right now. Okay. But the PAC 12, of course, I've said it a million times. I, I, you don't need me to tell you USC and UCLA announced a year ago that they're going to leave. And since then the PAC 12 has been trying to negotiate a TV deal, trying to get something on the table for all of their schools to commit beyond next season and sign a long-term contract. Why this is topical and why it's relevant is this. It's because of the fact that on Friday is Pac-12 Media Day. So keep in mind, by the way, the SEC gets four days in Nashville. The Pac-12 has one day in Vegas. I don't know if they couldn't afford a second day, a second day of ballrooms and, and side rooms in, in, you know, in Vegas. I don't know if the, the conference is that broke. But Pac-12 Media Day is on Friday. All all 12 schools will be there. And I only bring it up because of the fact that if there was a TV deal to present, they don't have a TV deal beyond next year. This would be a great time to do it. The Pac-12 Media Deal, uh, Pac-12 Media Day would be a great time to present a TV deal. But they don't have one. And so I bring it up because I think most people would deem that to be a bad thing. Well, the Athletic put out an interesting report on thir- on Wednesday, Tuesday, whatever today is. I'm recording late Tuesday night. That claims that, no, 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 no. There's no TV contract to speak of, but it's actually a great thing. Let us explain. Here is what the Pac-12 article said. Or this is what the Athletic's article said. The Pac-12's long-delayed media rights deal will not be announced at Friday's Football Media Day, a conference source told The Athletic in part because of recent developments in negotiations. Quote, we've seen some folks come to the table that were not at the table six months ago. The person said, the patience that the presidents and chancellors are showing is paying off. 
because waiting is going to result in better deals than the league would have gotten us three, six, nine months ago. To which I say, you know how I just said my BS meter with Greg Sankey a minute ago was low, that I actually believe what he said? My BS meter is through the roof. It, do, 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 do. I can't, I, that BS meter is, you know, it's code red BS meter because I don't buy this at all. And I'll admit, I hope I'm wrong. I hope against all hope that I am wrong and that this is an accurate report and that the Pac-12 has something cooking that's absolutely amazing. I just don't buy it though. Look, the bottom line is this is what we know about the Pac-12, okay? Remember, USC and UCLA left on June 30th, 2022. It is now, as I'm recording, July 18th, 2023 as soon as usc and ucla left the 10 remaining school presidents gave the league permission gave the conference permission to start negotiating a new tv deal that's important it's been a year what i can say is up until this point july 18th there is nothing to indicate that there is any reason for excitement or optimism when it comes to this tv deal what do I mean by that? Well, here's what we know about this Pac-12 TV deal. Now, this what, what was reported could be true, that there's new people at the table. But what we last heard was that the four major players in college sports don't have interest in the conference. Certainly not the price that they want. ESPN, their inventory is booked with SEC, ACC, and Big 12 football. Fox has commitments to the Big 10 and the Big 12, as well as the Mountain West for a long, long, long time. NBC has commitments to the Big Ten and Notre Dame, and CBS has commitments to the Big Ten and Mountain West. And so because of it, there's really no place that really makes sense for the Pac-12. So maybe something has changed, but it doesn't seem likely. And so to me, it just keeps coming back to, like, if there was a TV deal, it would have been presented by now. I'll take it a step further. If something was so imminent that it was unbelievable why did the pac-12 allow the june 30th deadline to pass without offering san diego state a spot in the league we talked about this two weeks ago san diego state had to announce they were leaving by june 30th to limit the buyout that they paid to the mountain west san diego state asked for an extension because there was no invite because there was no tv contract for the conference they want to go to which is the pac-12 i could go on and on again i hope i'm wrong i, I live in pac-12 country I'll say this, if the Pac-12, even without USC and UCLA, can stay together, at least from a football perspective, that becomes a very interesting conference. Utah's awesome. Oregon's really good. Washington's really good. Colorado's going to be interesting under Deion Sanders. Arizona is actually much better under Jed Fish. They just got uh, a five-star commitment just the other day from a kid named Elijah Rushing out of Tucson, Arizona. And so I only bring all this up to just very simply say, Back 12 football is actually kind of on the upswing. I just don't know what that TV deal is because all we know right now is one of two things. It's either going to be on a, a channel with probably not great distribution that nobody knows where it is and nobody can find. Remember, there was a report about Ion TV a few months ago, so that's not good. Or it's going to be through a streaming service with limited exposure as well, which is something we know the school presidents don't want. So I bring it up, not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but I do worry about the Pac-12's future. And I do, I'm do. i not totally sure that I believe 
that anything imminent is coming and that nobody, that there's some new party to the table that we were not aware of. As I've said many times, as I've said many times on this show, I've joked about it, but I think I'm, it's, it's not a joke anymore. I think the Pac-12's media rights plan is to just keep telling everybody we're two weeks away from having a deal. We're two weeks away. We're two weeks away. We're two weeks away in hopes that if everybody, if they keep saying we're two weeks away, that eventually everybody will forget and eventually just move on to something else. Not sure that it's going to happen, but I bring it up to say, man, oh man, oh man, there's just something not right there. And I'm sorry. I find it hard to believe that something is imminent and on the table for the Pac-12 right now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, everybody. I am back. Going to be back. Going to be back. Do want to switch gears. Uh, and I do want to talk about another topic that we cannot get enough of here on the Aaron Torres pod. I know I just said that conference realignment and expansion is the topic that just won't die and that just won't stop getting talked about. The other one that we won't stop talking about is Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, uh, and the Colorado Buffaloes. And the reason why is Coach Prime is a freaking content machine. He's always doing stuff to put himself in the news. Uh, Other people are always talking about him. And certainly the way that he is approaching building a roster in college football in 2023 is really sort of unlike anything that we've ever seen. I think everybody knows by now, but just the roster turnover is incredible. Uh, I I can't even keep up with everything, but the thought is going to be that there will be about, I think like 10 to 12, maybe 15 players on this coming roster that were part of last year's Colorado team. Uh, you know, so essentially they're, they're going to flip over like 90% of the roster before opening week against TCU here in about six weeks from now. At the same time, we've obviously talked a lot about Coach Prime on this show. But the one group of people that seems to enjoy or are intrigued by Coach Prime, maybe even more so than guys and girls in the media, is other coaches because they cannot stop talking about him and they cannot stop sharing their opinions when they're asked about him. Pat Narduzzi, the pithead coach, had some comments a few months ago. Uh, there's been anonymous coaches speaking out in in, in different platforms and, and, and places. And oh, by the way, we got the latest when Oklahoma coach Brent Venables was asked about Coach Prime and how he is building his roster at Big 12 Media Days just a few days ago. Here is what Brent Venables said about what Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, is doing. He said, quote, I gave my guys 12 months of grace. I was unlike Dion. I gave guys 12 months of grace to figure it out. Here's three. 
go to class, live right off the field. And when you show up here, you show up with respect and appreciation with your opportunity. And if you go 0 for 3 for 12 months, you need a fresh start. So we help 21 guys, give or take, find a fresh start. So those were some comments Brent Venables made last week, and they really weirdly didn't start to circulate up until the last probably day or so. But you know who they got to? They got to Coach Prime because on Tuesday afternoon, he responded on social media, and boy, oh boy, love Coach Prime. Not afraid to clap back at the haters. He said on Twitter, Please read this slowly. I've never responded to any of these great coaches that choose to target me or our program here at CU Buffalo's football. I'm great at walking and talking the talk. And if it were truly me, I would have referenced a Lamborghini. That's hashtag Coach Prime. Not going to lie. One, I love that Coach Prime is not willing to clap back. Two, I'm also just going to call a spade a spade. Maybe I'm too old. Maybe I'm too unhip. I have no idea what the Lamborghini reference is. I Whatever. But the point I'm trying to make, I love that Coach Prime isn't afraid to clap back because I think he is 100% right. And I'll just say this. I am so over all these coaches going after him. And I think Venables especially has, a, you know, Venables especially, and I know he was asked a question, but Venables, dude, you're at Oklahoma coming off a six-win season. I think he got bigger issues than with Coach Prime. And it's funny, right? Because when I look at the whole situation, that's what cracks me up about the Venables comments. A few things stand out. First of all, the whole like, like I am holier than now. I give guys 12 months. I'm the greatest human being in the world. Dude, give me a break. First of all, you just acknowledged that you cut kids, that you get rid of kids, that kids don't, when kids aren't doing what is expected of them, you get rid of them. To be clear, I have no problem with that. I've said all along, I have no problem with what Coach Prime is doing. But the idea that you're somehow a more noble man because you give them 12 months, give me a freaking break. Coach Prime gave most of those guys five, six months, right? He showed up in December. He said, we're bringing our luggage. It's Louie. But there were a significant number of those guys who went through spring camp, spring practice, and had an opportunity to earn their spot. And so you look at, what was it? About a dozen, you know, probably three dozen players entered the portal after spring ball. So Coach Prime came in, gave him a shot, gave him an opportunity. What's the difference between six months and a year? Oh, you gave him a little bit extra time during the season? Okay. It's not as though most of those players didn't have the opportunity to compete with Coach Prime. The other thing that I find interesting about this, like Venables, it's easy for you to say, oh, you know, I give guys 12 months. Well, a couple of things. You also took over a 10-win team. You took over a team that was playing in the final week of the regular season to play for a Big 12 title. That is the program that you took over at Oklahoma, okay? So spare me the, you know, I'm such an amazing person. You also took over a much better situation. And oh, by the way, if you still cut 21 guys, essentially, and that's what you did, you cut them. If you still cut 21 guys after a year, maybe you should have cut them sooner. By the way, it, it, let me backtrack. If you cut 21 guys after a year off of a 10-win team, that's saying a quarter of the guys on a 10-win team were not falling in line. So now imagine taking over a 1-11 team. You don't think that number is going to be higher? You don't think the patience has to be thinner? You don't think there's more guys trying to cut corners not good enough? Whatever the problems were at Oklahoma, they're not the problems. It's Colorado. Give me a break. By the way, 
You cut 21 guys this offseason. Here's the other thing. You give them a full year, 12 months. You gave them grace, Coach Venables. Congratulations. Guess what? Guess what, Venables? Here's my question for you. Yeah, went six and seven last year. Maybe you gave people too long of a leash. Maybe you should have cut them sooner. Maybe you knew they were bad apples sooner. So I just, I, I can't, like, I can't get over all these guys that are, they, they just try to make themselves out to be so much better and so much more noble. They're all fighting the same fight. And I get it. I get that coaches, and, and I, I do think, let me even backtrack. I do think that most coaches in their heart of hearts, they do see themselves as teachers, as communicators, as people that are developing young people. And I do believe that most guys and most coaches want to do what's best for each individual player. And I don't think they want to get rid of guys. I don't think they want to throw them out of the program. But as I said all along with Deion Sanders, with Coach Prime, if a kid's not good enough, if a kid isn't following the rules, listen, that's the best real life um, lesson that you can get. If you don't get the job done, you can't stay here forever. And especially in the NIL world where you're now earning money, you now have a chance to take care of your fit, but you got to, you got to live up to it. It can't be give, 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 give to the players and the players take, 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 take without giving anything in return. It's also worth noting that with the portal guys can leave and go somewhere else right away. Right? Like if this was four five, six years ago and you had to sit out, I think a lot of people would be upset with what coach prime is doing or upset with what Lincoln Riley's done, or upset with what Kenny Dillingham has done at Arizona State. But it's a different world. It's a different reality. And I'll take it even a step further. While Coach Prime has taken it to the biggest example, to the biggest extreme, it's not as though others aren't doing pretty much what Coach Prime is doing as well. Looked it up. Arizona State, I just said it. Kenny Dillingham, new head coach. At last check, 34 guys out of the transfer portal. So we're talking about essentially half of the roster is coming in new out of the portal. Doesn't include high school players. Doesn't just portal guys. 34 at Arizona State. Lincoln Riley took 30 plus last year. The difference is they just weren't as vocal about it. They weren't on social media talking about it. They weren't chirping about it. They weren't on Pat McAfee about it. And by the way, good for Coach Prime. Be you. Do what works for you. Do what's best for you. Finally, I love the response, but the not real response from Coach Prime, right? He kind of says, I've never responded to these coaches and I'm not going to start now. We're doing our things at Colorado. That kind of says, yeah, I see what you're saying. Let's see who ends up working out right in the end. Let's see who ends up being right in the end. So it's fascinating to watch. It's fascinating to think about. I'm so over all these guys, though. Oh, my, I would never do it like this. It's like, well, the sport is changing. It's the NIL world, you know, and, and especially Venables, like especially Brent Venables, like, Oh, you know, I, I, I give them 30, uh, 12 months grace. Maybe you should have cut a few of them sooner. You would have gone six and seven last year. And oh, by the way, Brent Venables, you better win a lot this year. I'm not saying your job is on the line, but what I am saying is you're going to have a lot of doubters if you don't turn this thing around very quickly. All right. I think that's it for this episode of the Aaron Torres sports podcast. Uh, I do think it is time for me to get out of here. Fun Wednesday show. It's nice to have like real stuff to talk about. People saying stuff, people reacting to stuff so much better than like, you know, this expansion rumor, even though we did talk a lot of expansion, um, just a lot of stuff to talk about. So if you're not subscribed to the Aaron Torres sports podcast, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon music, Google music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Also make sure to rate and review the, the show. Go ahead. Give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like all that good stuff. 
Make sure you're following on social media at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter at Aaron Torres pod on Instagram. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. That is all for today's show. It is time for me to go. Thank you for listening. I will be back on Friday. We'll have plenty to react to then. But for now, I'm out of here. Shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick. You F head unblock me, bro. I'll be back on Friday. New episode. Aaron Torres, Sports Podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.